Hello and welcome back to part two of the Mad Mentor Mental Wealth series with Mini Chandarana and myself, Hams, from Friday Night Counterattack. So we're back again. We're ready to talk about another crucial topic, I would say, Millie, on, on mental health and developing and, and the mindset, especially. So, uh, Millie, first of all, how's everything going this week? Are you all okay? And what are we talking about today, Millie? Hey, um, yeah, welcome back to everyone. Um, really good topic again we're going to be discussing um, I think it affects everyone day-to-day -day life and in their careers and everything so today's topic is all about of course self-doubt self-doubt so if you've clicked on the title you'd have known that we're talking and we're divulging into self-doubt so really realistically what is self-doubt to me so self-doubt realistically is like a feeling of uncertainty when it's kind of affecting your confidence or it's affecting some degree of your your likability or your your mind state when you're kind of thinking a bit more about if I can do things differently could I do things better have I done this the best way possible and you're kind of thinking there's a lot of people who work in certain industries where they experience self-doubt quite a lot as well Millie what does self-doubt kind of mean to you um to yourself being a professional footballer and, and working in an athletic environment as well so when someone says self-doubt to me, I kind of instantly think of like unsurety, like the unsurety of yourself, kind of like the unsurety of your abilities, your capabilities and your potential almost. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of limits your potential, like that self-doubt. Um, and interestingly, I think it's something we all have, like I just mentioned, as humans, um, and it goes back generations it goes back thousands of years really um and i think it's something to do with our nature of survival self-doubt that's going really deep into it but i think it stems from that i don't know if you if you agree with me no sure i definitely I, I, def I definitely agree with you because it's something that has probably happened over a long period of time as well and that's something that we're going to be getting into further down in the podcast as well because uh, for a lot of people who have suffered self-doubt, it's become something that they've experienced within their families, within their friendship groups, within the way that they've been taught at school, the way they've been working in their day-to-day -day jobs. And I think that's something that's creeped, uh, creeped into a lot of people's lives, including mine, to be fair, because I'll get into the stories that further down the line as well. Um, but yeah, we've got a little quote here from Sylvia Plath, who said, the worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. So for two people, you and I, Millie, who like to be creative and like to share our thoughts and experiences on social media via a podcast and you yourself being a creative midfielder for Blackburn Rovers ladies as well self-doubt is definitely not the one that we want to have on a day-to-day -day basis lingering in our mind and in our in our day-to-day -day life as well wouldn't you say yeah I would say so um I think obviously everyone has it like we said um and we always see it as a negative thing as well self-doubt generally it is conceptualize as a negative concept yeah but what if we reframe that and say what would happen if nobody had self-doubt let's go Ooh. into that that's a good question isn't it that's that's something I didn't think of at all Millie so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take this off me how could it be a positive thing for having no self-doubt or how could having no self-doubt be classed as a negative thing how, how could how could that go about Millie well if you think about it like, think about a world where nobody had self-doubt in an ideal world. Yeah. But would, would that really be ideal? What would happen? Would what everyone would... be too confident? Would everyone... Kind of borders on narcissism, really. If nobody had a little bit of unsurety about themselves. That's an interesting, that's an interesting take on it as well. Because you're, for, from my first initial points of view, Millie, I'm thinking... Everyone would be very sure of themselves, but everyone would expect everyone to be very sure of themselves, if you know what I mean. Because if you were the one person in that world when you're thinking, oh, I've got a bit of doubt of something, then you'd be looked down upon by every single person. So if everyone then has uh, the exact same level of no self-doubt at all, the exact same level of confidence, everyone would be exactly the same. But the fact that we have like seven point something billion people in the world right now, Self-doubt will always be there for a lot of these people and for a lot of people yes. listening. Um, we're here to try and help you get through um, that, that stage in your life where you're suffering from self-doubt as well. Um, yeah. 
But realistically speaking, Millie, um, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of times when we've kind of talked about um, self-doubt through work, through university, through studying and through family as well from my side. Um, it's, it's happened quite a few times, to be fair. And realistically speaking, Millie, when someone kind of puts that doubt into your mind, rather as a player, rather as a family member, rather as a friend, how does that make you feel personally? Um, I mean, when you have that doubt in yourself, there's always issues. You're always thinking, oh, I can't do this. Um, I'm not good enough to do that. Maybe I'm not, it ties in with confidence. Maybe I'm not confident, confident enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of prevents me being 100% myself. It prevents me being 100% authentic, I guess, when I do have that doubt. Yeah. Um, and I guess it is limiting because it kind of stops you from doing the things what you need to do to achieve the goals you want to achieve, in a sense, on a, on a general whole, whether that be in your day-to-day life, the small goals you want to achieve, or whether that be through your career, through football, through a professional domain. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that? With me, um, I think it links to a lot of things as well. I think you can associate self-doubt with so many things as well, because I'm thinking it's like one of those spider webs. So you've got self-doubt in the middle and you're going into different places. So you're going one way you can go anxiety, one way you can go to depression, one way you can go low self-esteem. One way you can go to low self-confidence. One you can uh, go to, like you mentioned before, difficult um, decisions making as well. And then um, another another one, which is, I think, one of the worst, but it's never highlighted as the worst, is like uh, procrastination or lack of motivation, basically. Because when I'm looking at that kind of theoretical spider's web that I just created just there as well, when I'm thinking about it, a lot of times when people are suffering from depression or anxiety, it starts with self-doubt and it starts with the way that people are doubting themselves, they're doubting their ability, they're doubting even the little things like they're doubting if they love themselves, they doubt if they appreciate themselves for who they are as well. And as I'm thinking about this, Millie, I'm kind of thinking this has definitely happened to me in the past and it's definitely happened when you're allowing people to bring the doubt from their uh, perceptions of you into yourself, which then spawns into self-doubt and that self-doubt can run amok and it could be something that a lot of people have suffered with or are continuing continuously suffering with as well fortunately though Millie I am free of self-doubt but I know for a fact that I'll never go into that stage of being in self-doubt ever again because realistically speaking Millie there's so much more that you can do in your life besides worrying about yourself in, in a doubtful stage as well yeah I completely agree um, and I think just to add to that little spider web as well, going back to the other point, just to link it in as well. Um, for example, another factor could be on the opposite spectrum. It could be hard work. Yeah. Um, so when you, for example, for me, when I experience self-doubt in something, depending what it is, obviously, I tend to work harder at yeah. it and that drives me more. Um, and I think that, I make myself work that 110%, let's say, if I experience, if I'm doubting myself. And then potentially that could be a reframing of the self-doubt going into a negative concept, spiraling further. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, self-doubt could be a wake-up call for for people. And personally for me, as well like um I think I mentioned on the last podcast or even just to yourself Millie but when um I was struggling at university and I wasn't doing really well there was that doubt that was creeping into me but I thought you know what let's nip this in the bud straight away if I'm not doing as best as I possibly can do what can I do to change the situation just write all the options down um like even this week when at the time of recording I've had two meetings already one with a lecturer one with a uh, a librarian and this uh, the semester's only just started as well so it only started on Monday and I've had two separate meetings on, on my own time in my free time of how I can do things better yeah. and it's even looking at how I can do things better for the next two three years of, of studying and con- to continue this as a new 
standard of mine as opposed to accepting what I've had previously and then just um, just to moving on as well, which is the case. Yeah, but it's interesting to understand what kind of drives you then, yep. what kind of determines which way you go. So if you have that doubt in you, it's interesting, I don't know the answer, but what kind of drives you to either go spiral further into the negative concepts or push yourself, work harder and change yourself? Because that's Do you know thing. what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's the thing um, that we're getting into now as well for the listeners. We were discussing previously, Millie and I, one of our topics is how does it continuously linger within you? Do you have that fight mode or do you have that flight mode? So you're rather literally looking at sinking or swimming, really. And unfortunately, for a lot of, a lot of period of my, of my adult life, I could say that I've, I've sunk. And I'll be honest with, with, with everyone, I've sunk in that that mode of self-doubt when I'm thinking you know what this isn't good for me let's not do it or let's stop doing this because it's not what I need to do but my alternative now or what is the right way of doing it is okay if this isn't good for me how can I be better at it how can I change the way of thinking how can I change my mentality of thinking you know what um this isn't the best thing for me to do for example for example when I started um when I started this podcast, to be fair, and I mentioned the box get, boxing analogy last time, Millie, so I'm not going to use that again um, because I don't want to just keep talking about me boxing. But um, I don't mind. No, it's cool. But <laughs> it was a good I, story. I, it was a good story, to be fair. I could use that as well. I'll use that later on. But no, even <laughs> with, this, with this podcast as well, I remember um, asking people, I was like, oh, what do you think it, I should do if I was to start a podcast in my spare time? A lot of people were agreeing with me, but then like two or three people who were close to me at the time they were saying, oh, no one wants to listen to you speaking about football. No one cares about your opinions. No one does this. No one does that. And no one wastes time listening to podcasts. So I'm like, okay, cool. A month later, I started it because I thought, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. If I try it and it's crap and no one listens and I get like three, four downloads a week and I don't do very well, it's not worth it. But the fact that I'd have tried it and it didn't su- uh, succeed shows that I haven't doubted myself for trying. I've doubted myself for not trying. But of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're what? Try, you never know. Yeah, you never know. And the best thing about it is it's improved my confidence. It's incre- uh, increased my self-esteem as well. And it's something that I've learned so many things from so many different people along the way of having them as guests, of just having my friends on and, and seeing them in a different light as well, which has been great. And realistically speaking, that's when self-doubt could have just ruined it there there and then because we could not have met through this podcast without a shadow of doubt Millie we saw exactly. that person we've just met by zoom um <laughs> but no literally it's, it's one of those things that there's such a such a spider's web to this as well if you if I didn't go out and I didn't push myself in, in that way nothing would have happened and I've just carried on carried on working um continuously doing the same thing in the same routine but now, like, you know, uh, Millie, after working together, you know, I'm like religiously ready for the next episode, the next topics of conversation, what we need to discuss. And I think I think you'll find with me for now. I think over the time you'll just be like, yeah, this is just what Hamza's like in terms of topics of conversation. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my prime example of where self-doubt, I've, I've overcome self-doubt, which has been pretty good. And we'll have more tips for everyone listening at the end of this episode as well. Yeah, I, just to touch on that, I think that, it's so important as well to just kind of do what you feel as well. You have to try something. If you feel like something's come up or there's an opportunity, you have to try it. Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily go and do it, but try it at least. Um, and I think that's something I've learned over the years as well. You just have to go and apply for something or try it or do something because everything will give you an experience or a new door or someone new to meet. Do you know what I mean? You'll just increase your, experiences your exposure everything by trying things trying new things yeah you're 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 building on you're building on the self-doubt that you already have Millie and you're building on the fact that um every time you're doing something different every time you're doing something new there's one less second that you're thinking of doubting yourself and I think that's probably happened um for a lot of a lot of athletes as well when someone isn't really doing that well in one aspect of their their game or their sport they'll work on it which will be pretty good as well so let me ask you Millie where have you experienced self-doubt on a professional stage rather than work rather than um the football um career that you've gone so gone through so far as well where's Um, self-doubt crept in for you so interestingly being generally honest (laughs) I think that self-doubt for me 
lingers always. I always okay. have a bit of self-doubt yep. because I think that, for example, with football, it's what I do. It's what I do every single day. And even though I play it every single day, and I have done since the age of eight, mm. which is a really long time now, <laughs> I think that it's, someone would say it's quite insane to think that you still have self-doubt every day at the yep. thing you've done since you were eight. But you do because that's what you do. And that's, it's, yeah, it's my job, but it's also the thing that, not necessarily defines my life but it's a big definition of my life yeah. I think that people tend to say some people say oh such a football for example defines my life I live for football but then, then other people tend to say no it shouldn't define your life because you are other people you are another person if you know what I'm saying 100% but I think that to say that one of the two I think none of those are right for me. I think that football is a massive part of my life. It doesn't necessarily define who I am, but it's massive that it almost could. Do you mm. understand what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's a big part that, of you, but it's not you. Exactly, yeah. And I think that having that doubt every day where I want to get better, I want to improve, it's what I do. So you're basically on a stage every day trying to do what you have been doing for your whole life like it I guess it comes down to pressure as well doesn't it I think yeah. self-doubt can increase when you're under pressure and I can imagine for everyone who works who has different career paths when that pressure builds you tend to doubt yourself because you don't want to fail I guess would you say that pressure's kind of built coming back to Blackburn Rovers as well and being more in the the, the spotlight in a way would you say that's, that's been a pressuring factor, being back home as well? Or was it, were there any other external factors that have kind of helped with that? Yeah, I would say that pressure definitely was high when I came back. Yeah. Um, just because I hadn't been in England for a long time. I was playing in lower leagues in England before I left. Yeah. Um, I think that always in football, there is the doubt, which, like I said before, makes me work harder mm -hmm. so I think that if I'm not working 110 percent then there's something wrong do you know what I mean um and I think yeah definitely the pressure increased when I came home um because it is it's a great club isn't it like it's a great England's great for football the club's amazing like and you want to kind of do well do you know what I mean well, Definitely. obviously, like everyone wants to do well. Would you say there there'd been more pressure to get in that starting lineup and into that team as well, um, given the type of quality that you, that you had around you as well, Millie? Yeah, of course. I mean, definitely. I think it's always pressure to get into the starting lineup, and I think it's always pressure to play well. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I said, like the standard is incredible here yep. in England. I think like the players I have around me are great players, and yeah, I just, from, for me and myself, in terms of like doubting myself, I just have to remember where I am and what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Being in the moment itself. And I think that's massive for everyone. It, everybody says it now. Everybody's got on this bandwagon of being the present moment. But it's true. Like, if it wasn't true, people wouldn't say it, right? Yeah. Your, charisma, your, your, your charisma builds, your character builds when you're being more present as well. When you're appreciating yeah. where you are in this moment of time, I'm appreciating being on this podcast with you having a conversation. It just makes things a lot easier. And it makes things even easier when you're going forward because you're realising that not everything is going to happen straight away. It's just happening now, which is the best thing possible to... For, for me personally, the best thing possible that, that's kind of happened as well. Because when you stop thinking about the future or what's going to happen and even before this podcast we talking about something that could happen in the future for us um to myself and i'm just there like oh if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but it's no water off my back which is which is crazy um yeah. obviously i think you've got to have a goal you've got to work to something in the future always you've definitely. always got to have a goal but definitely staying present in this moment and working on for example myself tonight at training yeah or tomorrow at training when i when it is tomorrow is the main thing because you've got to be 100% immersed in your performance at that moment and that's the thing that's going to make you better not just for footballers for everyone in general life 100%
and it's it's something that I've I've learned as well from working in various different sectors in, in work as well because there's there's times when you're working in a job and you're thinking realistically thinking like this job this job is good it's okay but people will put unnecessary doubt on you for the sake of doing it and I remember when I when I was young and I was working part time um, part time in retail I was working. And then the colleagues that were there who'd work the five days or the six days a week type thing, they'd be like, oh, this guy's too slow. Oh, this guy's not good enough. Oh, this guy is not going to survive long here. And I'm just there thinking, I'm studying in, in the week. I'm doing other things during the week. I come here for two days a week just to work and earn some money. And they were then going and, and trying to put doubt into my mind of saying, oh, yeah, he's slow. But I'm like, these guys have been working at this place for a good 10, 15, 20 years even, doing the same thing day in, day out. And they had the same manager uh, for the last 10, 15 years as well. And I'm just there thinking like, as a, as a little bit of pressure from my side, I'm like, at the time I didn't really feel it because I'm like, oh no, it's, it's quite kind of worrying. But um, on the flip side, when I, when I finished studying, I started working there like five days a week. And that's when you feel the pressure because you get a lot of people coming in saying, oh yeah, this guy's not as good as the others. This guy's not as fast as the others. And I'm just there thinking like, okay, now the pressure's kind of building to me. I'm kind of thinking how... Can I do things differently? But when I would try to do things differently, Millie, things would go bad. And when you're doing things bad or when you're trying to do things out of the box, they're like, oh, no, it has to be our way or no way. And I'm just there thinking, how else can I improve if it doesn't benefit the kind of person that I am as well as an employee, as a person? And it, it's, it's a very limiting factor that. And I think with society pressures and family, family pressures as well, Millie, again, coming from a, an ethnic background myself, having family members who really like to pressure you for the sake of pressuring you i think you could probably agree from some of your sides i think the listeners will definitely agree <laughs> on their side as well yeah it's like uh pr- prime example uh last summer i went to vis- visit back uh, to my parents which was really cool got to visit them and a lot of other family uh, members were there as well they just come back from like a family event i was working so i only got there late and it was great until i walked in and then um a member of my family joked about the weight that i gained Mind you, I hadn't seen this family member since a uh, good two, two and a half years. So it's cool. He hadn't seen me in two and a half years, but that was his perception of me. He hadn't seen me and I'd gained a bit of weight, which is cool. Then the next week when I saw my parents again, my mum was fully getting onto me saying, oh, no, you've gained so much weight. You've done this. You've done that. You've let yourself go. And I'm just there like, OK, cool. I see how it is. But that comment put more doubt in my mum than it did on me because I didn't think about it until I went back to see my mum and then she's like going oh no everyone's looking at you that, that it's going to feel it's going to be bad God. but again going back to the the boxing thing Millie I know for a fact in my head if I need to lose weight I know exactly what I need to do I know exactly what I need to eat I know exactly how many hours I need to sleep yeah to lose a lot of weight at the time and I can continue to do that today but I know for a fact that in my mind, I've already done it. So there's no self-doubt in that respect from myself as well, yeah. which is brilliant. But it's one of those things that when you get um, unnecessary family pressures and you're just there thinking, why does it affect them more than it affects me? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, just going back to the, the work that you were doing, yeah. Uh, when you increased it to five days a week and you was under pressure, mm. just had a thought, like, what did you actually do? So as I was that. as I was working, um, it was more along the lines of, um, at, at the time, it'd be like a, a normal eight, nine hour shift, which was cool. But then after my shift, I'd normally have a chat with, with one of the people in the same job role as me, asking them uh, five, 10 minutes of their advice. How can I do things better? What can I do differently? instead of trying to just listen to everyone's negative feedback. Because when negative feedback comes to me, I don't respond in the best way. On the football pitch, at work, um, yeah. around, around with friends, doesn't work. When, when someone gives negative feedback, but they add a positive spin on it, it somewhat works for me as well. So when someone says, for example, when I'm playing football, oh, that pass wasn't good, but do better next time. But like they'd abbreviate it, oh, crap pass or swearing and stuff like that but do that next time. Then I, d- I don't mind that. But when someone gives positive feedback, I'll thrive on it. I'd thrive on it, really. And like, when someone says, oh, yeah, keep taking them on or keep going on the inside and this, like that, stay on that, stay on your man, that kind of thing. It works yeah. so well for me. And for people listening, when they're um, playing sports or they're, they're educating other people, like as, if they're teachers or coaches or anything like that, positive feedback and positive reinforcement 
is such a blessing for a lot of people and for a lot yeah. of people that receive it. They won't admit it, but quietly, they, they're, the warrior within themselves will grow. Yeah. It will 100% grow. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people won't admit that they do better with po- mm. positive feedback, especially in like a professional environment as well. Yeah. I think that obviously standards needs to be really high and you need to keep those standards and it's great that people enforce it like so competitive all of the teams I've been in pretty much competitive high standards pretty much yeah and I think yeah you need someone to enforce it but I think that positive feedback is definitely underrated in the Mm -hmm. fact that most people I would say 99% of people I would go that far and say 99% of people do better with positive feedback rather than negative feedback. A mixture, of course, because you need that negative side to drive you, of course. But if it's not enforced with something positive throughout the training or throughout the match or throughout, I don't know, the hour of work or whatever, it won't have the same effect, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say that's Millie's opinion for the week as well. 99% people of positive feedback. No, but I, I can kind of see that as well because a lot of people, they, they, want to, they want to love themselves. They want to appreciate themselves a bit more. But it's just a lot of people are a bit shy to show it, which is quite sad because you're just there thinking you can support your friends, you can support footballers you admire, you can support uh, politicians or whatever it is. But a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people don't support themselves. They don't appreciate themselves they don't thank themselves enough as well. And that's when you, when you start doing that, things become a lot easier for you. And even the little things of like just writing down the good things that you've done. And I'm going to mention this a lot on the series, Millie, the small wins that you have as well. When you yeah. have a lot of small wins over the day, it makes things a lot easier. And these things that you wouldn't have as small wins, they're literally things you consider as, as normal for a lot of people. So when I was going through counseling and therapy at the time, uh, again, not to uh, beat the bush too often, but realistically, when uh, the best thing I received from counselling was about the small wins. And when you have small wins in your day and you count them at the end of the day, you're thinking, you know what, I've done a lot of good. There's a lot of things that I could have done better, but there are a lot of things that I've done good, some that have been great, and some that you can continue to do as well, which have been fantastic. And it's even, it's even things you wouldn't consider, like just paying your bills or just vacuuming your room or doing the grocery shopping or doing one random act of kindness a day. If you're living in a family of five, buy dinner forever or something like that. If you're um, in a football team or something, do an extra training session, do something better to help other people in your team that are struggling, for example, as well. If you're yeah. Mili Chandarana and you're looking at um, breaking into the England squad in a year or two, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe, even do, um, maybe even do a bit more of um, mentoring as well, which would be quite good as well. There's so no, many, there's so many things you can agree. do. Yeah, there's so many things you can do differently. There's so many things you can do better. But when you're doing the things you're already doing, like you are with your mentoring and you're doing your development at, at work as well, and you're playing for Blackburn Rovers, they're, they're wins. You can count them as small, but you can count them as wins at the end of the day. And that's how I feel. Yeah. Really. You know what? In terms of small wins, I think you're 100% right. I think that for me, the coaching, the mentoring that department the business side of it the football everything I class them as big wins because those are what I have in my life do you know what I mean my small wins are similar to everyone else Mm. like for example now (laughs) quite a few days a week I try and eat grapefruit in the morning and I try and make my own grapefruit juice in the morning and it just makes me feel awake in the morning you know when I have to have to wake up early how do you try to make grapefruit like, do you just cut it up? Yeah, like, I, no, I mean, I get the grapefruit and I cut it up and then I do the juicing myself with a, a uh, macro juicer. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I try because sometimes I'm too lazy in the morning, but mm. I try and make myself do that because it wakes me up. And that's something um, to look forward to as well. That's something for you to enjoy when you wake up. Fresh yeah, start to I mean, the day. I'm not keen on the taste of it, but it oh, wakes God. me up and, it, and it's kind of like, a, do you know what I mean? I don't mind grapefruit. I don't mind grapefruit at all. You have to have red ones, though. Mm. I always have the red ones. Yeah, I don't mind. Like, even if you go for something like a cantaloupe melon or something different as well. Like, I'll tell (laughs) 
when when I go shopping, I'll get something, I'll get something random in like a fruit or vegetable every week to try or just to... No, exactly. Me too. And that's kind of one of my small wins as well. Yeah, like this week we were on pears and strawberries, and I'm just there oh, thinking no. I haven't had pears for a while. Um, but yeah, we'll go for we'll go for pears as well, and we'll just have it as a snack, and it'll be better than um binging on junk food or something like that, or or continuously staying hungry, which which is the yeah. biggest thing. Exactly. Um, I think that just a point on that as well, for me personally, when I add things to my list, like mm. positively, like for example, make the grapefruit juice or do my washing at this time, something like that. It's so much more beneficial than taking something out of it 100%. or restricting something like only eat this amount of chocolate or only have this amount of sweet stuff or do you know what I mean? I only agree watch with this that. Amount of TV. Like, even though, yeah, I should do those things, having a positive spin on it or, it, for example, reading a book for a certain amount of time and that will take you from the, take you away from the TV anyway. I find that much more beneficial than it's, the negative. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, Millie. And the fact that you can then, all you do is just change the wording instead of, oh, I only have to watch like one hour of television. You go, you then say, I get to watch one hour of television. I get to read this book today. I have exactly, the opportunity yeah. to cut fruits up and make a really nice juice for myself as well. Because when you change that wording, you feel better about doing it at, at the end of the day. Like today, I get to make pasta. I get to read my book on Carlo Ancelotti. I get to relax and watch um, Star Wars on, on Disney Plus as well, which will be fantastic <laughs> for me. But yeah, when, when you put it like that, it feels like you're blessing yourself in a way and you're not robbing yourself of an experience of appreciating different things and things you've enjoyed previously at the same time as well. Yeah, no, 100% agree, yeah. And that kind of kind of leads us into a topic that you were talking about previously, or you mentioned before, but I think we'll talk about, we'll touch on it, but I think we can talk about it a lot on a different podcast like you mentioned, Millie. Imposter syndrome. What are yeah. your first thoughts on imposter, imposter syndrome, Millie? Um, I think that going straight back to having self-doubt, let's say why. why what is imposter syndrome and why we have it? Um, so it is a phrase... Um, I can't remember the name of the lady who coiled it, um, but she did create it in a sense of you when you're in a position, you don't feel like you should be there. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I'm on the pitch and I'm playing in the starting 11 and I don't feel confident enough to be there or I don't feel like I should be there, that is imposter syndrome. And you feel, yeah, basically you feel like an imposter in the position you should be in. And I think everybody feels it. I think that it ties heavily into self-doubt and yeah it's just a sense of not feeling good enough to be in that position um have you ever experienced anything like that at all yeah so again just a bit of emphasis on self-doubt I even remember Michelle Obama having a quote I've got it I've got it um uh, when Michelle Obama said I still have a little imposter syndrome it doesn't go away that feeling that you shouldn't take me that seriously. What do I know? I share that with you because we all have doubts in our abilities about our power and what that power is. So exactly what you were just talking about there, Millie, as well, where you're not really sure if you deserve to be in a place that you're in. And yeah. I can 100% say I've experienced that. Again, um, the little things of walking into a boxing gym, not thinking I'm good enough to do boxing. The fact yeah. of me being in a in a, in a pretty good job at the time, um, uh, working in a different environment, working in a different office, working with different people. And they're thinking, am I good enough to be here? I'm there, I'm there also thinking um, even, even little things, even little things like when I'm on holiday. I went to holiday in Japan once, Millie, and I had all, like not all my friends, but a lot of friends and family saying, oh, why are you there? I should be there with you. Or I should have gone before and this, that and the other. And People are complaining about a holiday, for God's sake. And I'm just there thinking, why are people trying to ruin the fact that I'm having a good time? But then I realized that a lot of people do that for their own self-doubt and their own, um, their own benefit to try and put other people down as well. But realistically speaking, really, imposter syndrome isn't something that um, I've allowed to kind of take over. Because the way I see it, Millie, no, no, it's okay. But no, the, the, way, the way I see it is it's kind of like, um, if you're not there, who else is going to be there? 
if you're not in centre midfield for Blackburn Rovers on the weekend, who else is going to be there? And what are they going to be thinking? Are they going to be thinking, oh, Millie should have been in the starting lineup ahead of me? If I'm there, if I'm there um, coaching on Monday and I'm there thinking, you know what, I'm pretty good at coaching, but there's definitely better coaches than there, um, out there than me. Do I then doubt myself? I, I, I don't doubt myself because I know for a fact there are better coaches than there. But I believe we're all in the same position for a reason. We're all where we are at this moment in time for a reason. And we will always... Yeah, I was just going to say that. We're all there for a reason, yeah. There's, there's so much um, there's so much to go through. Like, for example, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't mind me saying this, but my brother recently got a job at um, a really big car manufacturing company. I'm not going to uh, divulge the name of it, but they're in, they're in Formula One as well. They're a really cool brand. They've been in films before as well, which will be pretty cool. I'll tell you after the recording, Millie, of course. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he was there thinking, like, I've, I've never seen him kind of doubt himself before. He's a very confident uh, man, my brother is, which is great. And I almost thrive off it at times. Um, but again, I'm there thinking, you know, he's there telling me, oh, yeah, I, I don't really want to feel like a, a fanboy when I'm around a lot of these people, a lot of these um, racing, racing car drivers and a lot of these famous people that I've seen on TV before. And I'm just there thinking, you've worked your whole life to be in a position that you want to be in and you don't want to be that same child that brought your dreams to life. I'm just there thinking... That, that, can't, that can't be it. That can't run because I'm there thinking if I'm, for example, a coach and I want to coach for Manchester United in the next five, six years' time, wearing a Man United badge on, on my coat whilst coaching the academy or the under-7s or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. I'm there thinking, oh, yeah, I can, see, um, I can see Paul Pogba walking about. I can see Bruno Fernandes walking about uh, the training ground, whatever it is. I'm just there thinking, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't just uh, – I have to be professional. I have to be cool. I have to be this. I have to be that. Anyone can do that. There are probably coaches there thinking the same thing because that's how, that's how I link it. I link it to other people's situations as well. What do they think they're, be, they're, they're doing? Are they doing well? Are they happy with themselves? Can I be in that same situation? Because everyone's human at the end of the day and everyone's got to places for a reason, for working hard, for being in the right place at the right time. But there's so many ways of, uh, of overcoming imposter syndrome. But I just wanted to know a bit, a bit more about your thoughts, Milion. Have you ever experienced that personally um, for yourself? Um, I think that what you've touched upon is great. Like, it's a great example. Um, and yeah, I'm similar. Of course, like, I think we all experience imposter syndrome mm. when we're in a place that we think we shouldn't be. Even the little things, even if maybe you don't realise it. Maybe, for example, for me in this podcast, I'd never even thought about doing a podcast before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you I met think... me, so it made it easier. So, so Exactly. But I wouldn't even have known. Do you know what I mean? If I didn't try those things, I wouldn't even have known. Mm. And I think that another example is just generally in football, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when I went out to Italy and turned professional, I mean, I've said before, I went from League Three in England to League One in Italy. Yeah. And I started training with them. I moved positions and then I started to play every game. Like every single game I started to play, um, I got my fitness up. I trained every day, even on my own, I trained um, just to work harder and harder and get better. But even in those times, I thought like, well, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Like, why is this happening? Like, what is going on? Like, it's not my position, but I'm playing and I'm doing well in those positions. Even though I was doing well, I was still thinking like, well, what does everyone else think? Like, what does the coach really think? Like, why is this happening? And I think just overcoming that by becoming more confident, and it's very hard to explain how that happened because at that point, I think I've mentioned previously, at that point, I wasn't that Mm self-aware. I just went about my day-to-day life thinking, playing, yeah, but thinking, well, why, why is this happening? Like, why am I playing? Do you know what I mean? 100%. But having that, obviously, having that professional mindset and having that, I want to achieve more, blah, blah, blah. And there probably was a part of me that's like, yeah, you can achieve more. This is where you should be. But a big part of me was like, but why am I here? <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I understand that as well. But it's like you said, when you become more self-aware, you look back on things, like even little things that like you just mentioned as well, just training every day that helped you maintain your confidence, that built... um 
your your fitness up, you built your footballing ability up as well. So when you're on the pitch next time, you'd always be improving and you'd always be developing as well. And yeah, that, I think, that I would think would that be have become like a standard practice for you now, Millie, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think becoming more self-aware of of myself um, by doing the work, doing the background work, which you'd be surprised, but not many people do that nowadays. Mm. Like people don't do background work on themselves, or like I know self-care is the term is thrown around a lot now. But again, it's another term that's hundred percent true. Like if we don't look after ourselves and we don't understand ourselves, how do we expect to function well in a not only a high functioning environment, but a high functioning society as a whole? And I think for me, by coming more self-aware, it helped me to understand, okay, this is why you're playing, but you're still not good at this. So you need to improve this area. Not just the fact that you're not good at all. Why, why, why should you be on the pitch? It was like, yeah, you should be on the pitch, but also improve this area. And then the next year, I took it up. It, we went into lockdown and I took it upon myself when I was in lockdown to learn different aspects of my game, different aspects of midfield. And I studied it for how long I was in lockdown, three months or something on my own. Like, yeah, we was all locked down, but I was studying these things these midfield things, these tactical things, because I knew that wasn't my strong point. Yeah. Went into my second team and tried to apply them all. And I realised, like, with practice, with learning, it all started to come slowly, and it takes time. It's not just going to happen overnight. It takes yeah. time. Um, but I think that self-realisation helped a lot with that imposter syndrome. And, yeah, I still get it now, but I understand the process to overcome it. And it is a slow process, and it takes work and commitment, but... Yeah, I mean, I think it will always be there and it's good that it's always there because it gets you out of that comfort zone. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. No, I agree with that as well. And even just to touch on what you said, you're the only human being you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So why wouldn't you want to appreciate yourself and help yourself be better and develop yourself further as well? So that's something that I've learned recently as well, the fact that literally you are with yourself, your own body, your own mind for the rest of your life. So make it the best it possibly can be and the healthiest it possibly can be as well, and watch yourself fly. That's how yeah. I see it. And then by doing that, you affect all these other people as well, like positively. You yeah. positively affect all these other people you can. You realise what you can do to help others. And I think that's one of the main things in life, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the things that I thrive off as well. Like the fact that I mentioned last time as well, if I could help just one person from this podcast, it would be brilliant. And even if when I'm going at coaching and I'm helping someone who's never played football before learn how to control a ball or how to develop it. And even this week, I got like a, I got a thank you from one of the parents as well. I'm like, why? why? Why are you thanking me? And then he was just there going, oh, no, you just helped my son open up a bit more as well. So he's been talking and he's been making new friends. I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't me. And he's like, no, it was you because I can see you from the sidelines getting him to shout his name, getting him to talk to everyone else so everyone can go around and and support him when when they can shout his name i'm like yeah but for me that feels normal but when you're seeing it from a different perspective and when i came back i remember coming back and i was telling um, a friend about it as well and i just messaged him and i was like yeah but that's just who you are it's like some people appreciate you for who you are but some people want you to be something different and if you're not going to be the, the one to be different about it then it's their loss it's, it's it's their loss at the end of the day and that's how i've kind of seen the imposter syndrome happen in the past as well Imposter syndrome for me is when you kind of try and be someone who you're not to fit that narrative. But when you're already the person that you are and you've got to these places, you've been through these doors, you've seen uh, different types of people you can develop you further. That's when you kind of appreciate you're in that position for a reason. And it goes back to, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to mention it. It goes back to Harry Potter and the <laughs> Order of the Phoenix. So if you remember that scene in, in the, uh, have you seen Harry Potter, Millie? Of course I have. I'm reading them all at the minute. Good, good, good. Um, but yeah, on episode five, uh, yeah, episode, not episode five, the, 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 the fifth book, the fifth film, Order of the Phoenix, it was when um, Harry was telling everyone in the room of requirement when he was saying all of these great wizards started where exactly where we are today. So they've all had their, they've all had their flaws, they've all had their geniuses, but if they can do it, why can't we do it? And I'm just there thinking looking at the likes of Neville and um, 
yeah, just like Ron and Hermione, just everyone just training to be in this little just the army. normal wizards. Yeah, just the, the young students. I'm like, everyone starts somewhere and everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses going forward as well. So it's oh, up cool. to you to develop it and to continue going further as well. But no, I quite enjoyed that topic of imposter syndrome. And I think we could definitely dive old into it a bit more. Yeah, the- I think there's a lot to speak about. And for anyone listening, um, the ladies that first came up with it, one's called Suzanne Imes, mm. PhD, and Pauline Rose Clance, PhD, just in case anyone was interested. And it was created in the 1970s. Ooh, that's insane, that is. It's, yeah, it's, so it's been a, the term has been around for quite a while, and mm. I think the concept has been around for millions of years <laughs> let's Definitely. say <laughs> let's, let's keep it that way as well Millie. oh no that's that's quite good but um yeah this is a positive part of the podcast now Millie, where we finish off and we give our listeners a bit more um hope and aspirations for the future in terms of how can they eradicate how can they get rid of and how can they demolish self-doubt from their minds from their day-to-day experiences and even if they're still trying to develop it over the period of time how can we help them so Millie, i'll let you go first with one way of eradicating self-doubt um I think that touching on a little bit from the first part of the podcast I think that because it's been around for so long and it's part of our nature it's part of human nature self-doubt and unsurety of oneself is part of who we are I guess Mm -hmm. and I think just first accepting it accepting that accepting that you're always going to be unsure of yourself to some extent you're never going to be 100% sure of yourself no matter who you are no matter who says that they are they won't be so acceptance of it first is a massive thing Um, and I think that it all stems from that we're afraid to fail that's where it all comes from the self-doubt and I think it's completely normal it's completely normal because like I said, it's human nature. We don't want to fail because going back thousands of years, we want to survive. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of the, it's kind of the, um, help me out with it, the Charles Darwin. Primal instinct, evolution. Yeah, the, the fittest survive, I guess. And yeah. that's where it all stems from. Um, and I think, yeah, just remembering that everybody has it. And it's okay. And we're all going to live with it. It's just about how you come over, overcome it and how you restructure your mind, I guess. Um, so in terms of restructuring your mind, have you got any aspects that you think could help that? Yeah. So mine's kind of just linking on with what you just said. It's kind of overcoming the perfectionist inside of you because no one's perfect. Yeah. Not everyone, everyone gets, a lot of people get told when they're younger and when they're working at their special uh, a lot of people will want to believe they're special and they always want to prove that they're special but it's when you kind of take the time out and you focus on yourself where you think you know what this is what I'm good at this is not what I'm good at and you take regular breaks you take your days off you relax your mind and you relax yourself as well and you remember that realistically you will make mistakes in life people always make mistakes in life you're human and when you make mistakes in life you move past them and you work on them, which, which is how you grow as a human being. So overcoming perfection, uh, perfection, being a perfectionist or perfectionism, I would say, mm-hmm. is, one, is one to go through as well. And that also links with being realistic about your weaknesses and your strengths as well. Again, I kind of touched on it there in terms of when you're restructuring your mind, you know what you're good at and you know what you're not good at. So I know, for example, right now, um, as, I'm, as I'm exercising at the moment, playing football consistently, I know... I'm not very good at um, making attacking runs. I know I'm good at um, taking a defender away, but I know I'm not very good at making the run at the right time for a ball to be played to and, and to finish it. So that's something that I'm working on when I'm playing. And that's just a, a basic uh, idea for me as well. Millie would say something like, oh, she's working on um, this, that, or the other on a footballing uh, scale. But Millie, if you had to share one of your weaknesses that you're working on now, what would it be? It could be football-related or non-footballing related as well. Um, I guess this ties in with another experience in self-doubt, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I guess in terms of a football weakness of mine, it would be to play forward quicker. That's okay. a big thing I'm working on. I can do it, but I need to do it quicker, I guess. 
just watch what just watch Tony Cruz videos just watch Tony <laughs> Cruz videos he'll tell you exactly he'll show you exactly how to just get your head up look straight play the ball forward and you're yeah done. yeah I mean those are the kinds of things I do do to help mm. me and uh yeah I tend to when I know that I need to do something I tend to work on it a lot yeah. or focus on that more I think and when I do do it it kind of um justifies to myself oh yeah you can do it now do more of it yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that in general, um, I guess at the minute I'm doing a lot of workshops. I'm delivering yeah. a lot of workshops through my business and talking in front of groups is something that I've always struggled with, like being very open with you right now. It is something that I've always struggled with and I don't know why. I can't mm. think back to why that is because around general like I love talking to people I can talk to anybody whoever it is I can talk to them that was one of but, my top tips for um, improving your self-doubt but um yeah carry on <laughs> great minds think I like yeah I mean yeah it's, it's a strange thing like I can literally talk to whoever on the street I meet in the gym meet at work anything but to say something structured in front of a group or to say like some of my thoughts in front of a group when I'm not 100% sure of them myself is something I struggle with a lot. So I think like this is the reason why I'm doing the workshops. I'm trying to gather a gr- small groups of people and then build it up and build it up as something I want to aspire to, a goal of mine I have in the future. I think that's the way I'm trying to work towards it. Uh, yeah, we'll, that's we'll a big see, one. That's we'll a big see, one of mine. So we'll see you on TED Talks as well in the future, Millie. So that'll be good. We'll see, yeah. And, and spoiler alert, that. you're actually talking to a lot of people who listen to our podcast as well with the thoughts exactly. that you've written down as well. So oh, already the like, on. there's no pressure here. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. It's just you and me and like a couple dozen people listening as well. Which but I actually, I actually had something about practicing your weaknesses down mm. here. I think that's a massive thing to kind of overcome and restructure your mind. You have to practice your weaknesses, like yeah. we just both said, right? If you don't think, practice your weaknesses, then they just linger and linger and linger. And when, when yeah. you're procrastinating about things, uh, again, we back to the beginning of the podcast, that's when you, uh, you're, you're lacking your motivation as well. And if you're lacking your motivation because you're being told by other people, you can't do this, and then you're believing what people can say, it just, it just doesn't help as well, which isn't, yeah. which isn't the best thing. You've got to be uncomfortable, I think. You've got yeah. to be uncomfortable to step up, to go further. Yeah, the, un- the uncomfortable thing about it is, when you're in your when you're in your element, you're you're comfortable, but you can only get to your element whilst learning from being uncomfortable as well. When you're when you're learning about different things and different topics and different aspects of of a of a topic, you have to learn even the one percent difference about it as well. And if you believe in improving even just the one percent, then it just improves the way that you are as well. You learn things differently, you appreciate things differently, and you stop doubting yourself as well. Which, yeah. is, which is really good because there'll be loads of times like even I guess I guess with yourself Millie that when you're playing football you feel like you've had a good game the team may have lost but you're there thinking you know what that's something in the game that I haven't done before that's something that I've never tried before in a game and it's pulled off really well I think that that must have happened a lot um, for a lot of footballers to continue to, to continuously try to do different things and would that be the same for you Millie? Would you say yeah of course and things like that yeah when you try something new and you think, oh, that was all right, mm. that was good, it increases your self-belief, I guess, the, the belief in yourself. And then I guess, like, having that self-belief is a massive one to reframe your mind from self-doubt. And it kind of takes you away from that, do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, definitely trying new things. And, yeah, sometimes they won't succeed, like, they won't come off. Most of the times they won't come off. But that one that does, it'll be worth it, do you know yeah. what I mean? 100%. And even just to finish off this podcast as well, Millie, we can both share one thing that um, we would say if, if someone was to listen to us now and they would think, you know what, I'm struggling with all of this. I've listened to the rest of this podcast. It's been pretty good. But what could I do now to move myself forward? What would you share with that person listening? Um, I think that to move forward and to come out of that frame of self-doubt self-worry unsurety of yourself I think you've got to do the basics you've got to prepare well you've got to prepare yourself well you've got to work at your weaknesses you've got to work hard at your weaknesses uh, and be uncomfortable 
with working hard at your weaknesses. I think to be, you've got to be uncomfortable. And I think it's massive. Um, and I think also one that we've, I've not really touched on before, but I think that <laughs> in a sense, kind of affirmations help, yeah. like, or like positive self-talk, let's say. They kind of help. If you're speaking to yourself in a positive way, which most of us don't do enough of, I definitely don't do enough of this, and I should, but it helps. If you're doing it regularly, it'll really help. So if we start now to talk to yourself, even if you don't believe it, just by saying it, you'll finally end up believing it. And you don't even think it, but just try it and you'll end up doing it. What do you think? Yeah, even an, even an aspect of um, post-it notes as well using post-it notes to put it on your wall in your bedroom or in your home as well. So when yeah, you look yeah. back on it at the end of the week, you think, oh, this is all the good things that I've done. This is something that um, I've done really well on Monday. This is what I've done on, on Wednesday. And it goes back to when um, I was just discussing about you playing football. You could look back a year from now and think, oh, you know what? I couldn't really do this properly with my weaker thought or I don't think I could have done this as fast as I could have done. And now you're thinking, oh, it's common knowledge, which, which yeah, is brilliant. Yeah. And I'm just there thinking just to kind of, agree with you on that your development zone is your weakness zone. that's how I see it and the, when you're developing on your weaknesses when you're developing on your insecurities I say to be a bit more deep about it you're, you're working through pain and when you when you work through pain it becomes a bit more normal if you're in an office job if you're an athlete if you're a student and you're struggling with things and if you're struggling with things and you're you're worried about how things might look to exterior people, to people who have put doubts in your mind. Maybe it's not best to be around them as well. Like even for me, I would say that I spend a lot less time with people who have put self-doubt in my mind. And when I became a lot more present and a lot more aware, I realized when you'd spend time with people or talk to people who put doubt in your mind at any opportunity, it would ruin your confidence. It would ruin your flow as well. And that, these could be loved ones. These could be people who you've known for a number of years. Um, these could be people who who say they want the best for you or will talk about you behind your back to other people that you're really good and you've done very well but to yeah. your own self they won't show it they won't appreciate it so you're just there kind of thinking you're just there kind of thinking like I don't need to worry what other people are thinking yet I need to focus on what I'm thinking of me because if you're yeah. taking yourself out of your own body and you looked at yourself objectively what would you think you could do better and what would you think other people like from you because there are so many things that everyone's doing nowadays that people can like they can like so many things without liking like pictures on instagram or anything like that but i could say for example i like what some of my lectures are doing i like the way that they conduct themselves i like the way that my manager is because my manager can appreciate me for being a human being and for having certain needs and um for being this that and the other i can appreciate uh my sister because she is incredible and i believe that she's a a hero of mine this that and the other anything for for an example but that's how I see it the fact that when you cut out a lot of people who bring insecurity to your mind and to your mental state and they create the doubt that brings the self-doubt boiling up to the surface for you that isn't something to really um, linger on as well just get rid of it if you need to silence it for a while work on what you need to work on and you'll be absolutely fine I can assure you of that yeah 100% agree that's a great point again 100% agree with you yeah that was a little mini rant I would say but that's something that yes. I, I knew after discussing everything quite professionally and quite thoroughly we had to get a bit of passion up there at the end of the yeah podcast. of course of course, course. done as well no great point really good point uh but no thank you everyone for listening Millie thank you very much again for your time as well thank you for that last um a uh, bit of conversation as well which is great um realistically speaking there's going to be more of these coming forward to to everyone and hopefully everyone can appreciate what we're doing um trying to just help with our self-development with the development of the mind as well and um i can't wait to uh, talk about what we're going to be talking about next and i can't wait to see what it is millie so <laughs> it could be good hans uh, just one takeaway for, for, for you from mm -hmm. this podcast takeaway from me um there are many ways of self-doubt that's what you've taught me from what you've just been discussing in different ways because when you said self-doubt can be a good thing I was taken aback a bit I was like oh that's something yeah. I, I didn't look at in that aspect as well as people who have self-doubt can thrive off it they can build off it and they can they can work on it as well 
I didn't think of it that way at all. So thank you very much for sharing that from me, Millie. How about yourself? How would you find how would you find your one takeaway? I think that from what you said, the last little bit um, about kind of blocking out what needs to be blocked out. I think that's massive. I think that don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think that you need to. I don't think that was the right analogy for that. Anyway, I think that that you need to kind of, yeah, block out what you don't need in your life. And I think everybody should be assured that it's okay to do that as well. It's okay to develop at your time. You don't have to develop the same as a sibling or as a friend or as a school friend or anything like that or a university colleague or anything. Everyone develops on their own pace, their own time, and they get to their own destinations when they need to. That's that's what I believe and I I think it really works well and it works home to a lot of people. I think just to add to that, I think it's up to the person as well what they want. Uh, I think it's definitely like your own journey as a sense. I know that's cliche again, but it is definitely what you want and your building blocks to life in a sense. And I think that to work hard for what you want and to be uncomfortable is massive. I think that's a big one as well. Definitely is. And we, we said we'd have like five or things, but now we've got like 10 or 11 things. That we I know, I just keep saying things at you. I know, I love it. No, it's true. It's like we said, we've got, we've got to do this again regarding self-doubt um, in a future episode coming forward as well, which would be great. But everyone, thank yeah. you very much for listening to me. Thank you very much for your time again. Uh, find us on all your favorite streaming services as well. Find us on YouTube. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>